0: And for the opening text, which is found in Luke 24, 49. Luke 24, 49 says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, the promise, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we bow before you now and we ask for more of you on this day, on this day that we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, on this day that we celebrate the promise and the power that you gave those believers. Lord, help us, Lord. We can do nothing apart from this power, Lord, but in your power, in your Holy Spirit, Lord, We can do many great things, and I just pray now that you would be with me as I present this message. I pray that it would edify the body of believers. I pray that you would use it to convict us, to refine us, to grow us, and to fill us ultimately with the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray this now in your precious name, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The title of my message is, The Promise and the Power. Uh, There's a story about D.L. Moody uh, by Simon Fry. In 1855, a young man who was fervent and zealous in his work for the Lord, who started children's ministries and preaching to thousands, who started churches and traveled to other countries sharing the gospel was preaching one night and there was two women who approached him and told him that they were praying for him and this occurred several evenings that followed and he finally became annoyed why do you pray for me? why don't you pray for these unsaved? And these two women told him that they were praying for him to receive power. And he didn't know what they meant. But those words kept bothering him. He couldn't get away from it. And he finally went back to them and, and asked them if he could pray with them as opposed to to these two women praying for him. He was hungry for that power. Again, they told him that he needed to be, he needed to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And after they explained what they were talking about, he said he wanted to pray with them. And not so long after, he was walking the streets of New York and his prayer was answered. In the midst of all the hustle and bustle of the city, he felt the power of God coming upon him, and he rushed to a friend's house nearby and asked to have a room to himself. He stayed in that room for hours, and the Holy Spirit came upon him, filling his soul with such great joy that at last he asked God to withhold his hand, lest he die on the spot from very joy. He went out from that place with the power of the Holy Ghost upon him. D.L. Moody then went to be a more effective evangelist who no longer struggled on his own strength. He preached to crowds of tens of thousands and led many more to Christ, but without the striving of his earlier days. In his own words, the sermons were no different, and I did not present any new truths, and yet hundreds were converted, I would not be placed back where I was before that blessed experience. I'm going to say that again. I would not be placed back where I was before that blessed experience. This is the promise and the power that is talked about in Scripture. He would later go on to say, we all need it. That is the filling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. And let us not rest day or night until we possess it. If that is the uppermost thought in our hearts, God will give it to us if we just hunger and thirst for it and say, God, help me. I will not rest until endued with power from on high. This is the experience that God wants all believers to have. He wants us to pursue this promise and live in the power. Again, we celebrate the day of Pentecost. What an amazing gift from God. His Spirit living in us. The Comforter with us. It, it's it's still <laughs> oh. hmm. I am so thankful for the Holy Ghost. And that we have a merciful, gracious, awesome God that would pour out his spirit upon us so that we would be comforted and live in that power. Jesus talked about this promise prior to leaving the earth in John 16:7 and 8. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth it is, it, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Peter talks about that same promise in the book of Acts. Acts 2.39 For the promise is unto you and your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Jesus would tell the 12 apostles that he, he would have to go or else the Holy Ghost would not come. Pastor has been talking to us, teaching us, preaching about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is all about. God has sent us his spirit to live in us and to ultimately prepare us for the kingdom of God. This is the promise that we all need to see the kingdom of heaven. This is the conviction that we all need to repent from our sins and recognize our need for a Savior. This is the spirit of truth that gives us a revelation about the word of God. This is the spirit that brings judgment on the world and all that is contrary to the kingdom of God. So let's turn our attention to how it all happened on that first experience, Pentecost. <clears throat> Jesus uh, is speaking in the book of John, John fourteen sixteen and 18. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells in you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. This, again, is the promise. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He has given us this spirit to direct us and to give us wisdom on how to live this life and to fill us with his love, strength, and a sound mind. In the book of Isaiah, we see some of the attributes of the spirit. Right. Isaiah 11 and 2 says, And the spirit of Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. In the fear of the Lord, Proverbs 14.26, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Far too often we fear man and not God. Far too often we believe in man's religion and not what the Word of God tells us so plainly. I have been guilty of this. Mm. I was once like that when I believed in the religion of man and not what the Word of God was telling me. I struggled, I wrestled with this... um, this new revelation. I even struggle with the word revelation. I said, how, how is it that you have this revelation? <sighs> and now I know what that revelation is. Yeah. You, and I thank God for it. We must understand that we will be held accountable to the word of God and not the religion of man. So let's continue to look at this special day of Pentecost. Scripture tells us in the book of Acts how this promise and power all came about. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode both Peter and James and John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren." If we take a closer look at verse 14 we see that they were all gathered together with one accord. The meaning of the statement is that they were unified in their focus and purpose as they waited patiently for the promise. It goes on to say that they were unified in prayer and supplication. Supplication means to earnestly petition for something. It's a specific type of prayer that leads us to humbly ask for something with reverence and devotion to God. So we see here in scripture that this body of believers were all gathered together with the same mind, the same desire, the same focus. They were all seeking after the promise and the power. They all wanted the presence of God and weren't going to be satisfied until they received the promise of the Holy Ghost. You know, I have a patient of mine that um, comes in on a regular basis to get injections, another patient uh, wanting an injection. Um, And this week he came by. And uh, he's a Holy Ghost-filled believer and... um, I didn't even tell him at first that I was um, giving a message uh, this weekend and somehow we got off and uh, we started talking about God, we typically do, and, um, and he shared with me his, his testimony and how he received uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost, how he received that baptism And he said people had shared with him this truth, uh, just like they shared with me. And he had heard a uh, preacher uh, speak a message about it. I think he was in an Assemblies of God church. And he went on to tell me that um, he went to the altar that evening and he told God, this was his prayer, He said, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until you give me the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he got on his knees and he prayed. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. (sighs) Getting back to those first believers in the upper room. They prayed with one accord. They continued with prayer and supplication, earnestly seeking after the promise. The word tells us that they were in the upper room for approximately seven to ten days before the Holy Ghost came. They were clearly desiring that promise. On a side note, I often think and pray for this church body. That we would one day be like those disciples that were there on that day of Pentecost. And that all of us would come together and be filled with the Holy Ghost. The power of it. The power that would change us, that would make us more like Jesus We need that spirit to fall on us. We can't be content with having received that promise. I received that promise, I'm good. I'm good. If we stop there, we are missing the boat. We need to realize that God has given us his spirit so that we would be changed. I pray that we would come with a heavenly expectation for more of God and for the Holy Ghost to fall on us as it did on them. They knew they needed the promise of the Holy Ghost. They knew they needed the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 1 and 8 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, (sighs) as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Jumping down to verse 37. Now when they heard this, and I left out some key scripture, when Peter was talking about Jesus, he was telling them that Jesus was the Christ, the Jesus that they crucified, their Lord and Savior. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They were pricked. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. We need the baptism of the Holy Ghost for salvation This is the evidence of being sealed with the Holy Ghost. This is the evidence that we have repented of our sins, called on the name of Jesus, and have been baptized in his precious name, the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. For there is no other name under heaven by which we are saved. Acts 4 and 12 says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is No other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. We must be baptized in his name. This is when his blood is applied. This is when we receive for ourselves the remission of sins, and we are washed clean and born of the water and spirit as we are filled with the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. John 3 and 5 says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Right. The King James Version says, Verily, verily, and Pastor has spoken a number of times about what that means. says, listen, this is important. This is essential. We need the power. We need the promise. For it is the power of God in us. We need it for salvation. We need it to be witnesses. Yes. We need it to live the life, a life that is separate and set apart for God. We need it to produce the fruit of the Spirit. I was just telling pastor before church that I was convicted of that. Here I am preparing this message. This is how God works. He is working in me, he is pressing into me, and I need it. I need it. Thank you, Lord. We need the fruit of the Spirit. And I don't have the book of Galatians. I don't have that verse that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But it talks about having that love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness. I need more of that in my life. And that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Scripture talks about other ways that the Spirit... Um, can move and in the power of it it has the power to heal yes. Amen. it has the power to witness yes. right. you know I think about Peter who denied Christ three times and that same Peter would later be the person that Jesus would build his church on. So what was the difference? Jesus, uh, Peter walked with Jesus. He loved God, right? He spent all of this time and yet he rejected him. But here we see Peter being the one that Jesus built his church on. He was the rock. Matthew 16, 18 and 19 says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Here's the key verse that I really was uh, enlightened by. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He gave him the keys that would unlock the kingdom of heaven for us. So where are these keys to the kingdom of heaven found? I believe they are found in the book of Acts. So here is Peter speaking now as he was endued with power from on high. And this does not happen apart from the Holy Ghost. This is the beginning of the church. It all started with Peter. And oftentimes... In trying to share this truth with others, other believers, believers that might, be, might have been brought up in some other church and in some other doctrine, they, uh, they get hung up on this truth, again, hanging on to the doctrines of men. But I pray as we look at God's word that we would see clearly and plainly the keys to the kingdom of heaven. In Acts 18.25, there's a man named Apollos. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit. Acts 18.25 and 26. And he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord knowing only the baptism of John. So here he was, again, just to reiterate, he was a man who was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord. But he only knew the baptism of John. Verse 26, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. For he mightily convinced the Jews, publicly, showing by the scripture that Jesus was Christ. Jumping to Acts 19, 1 and 6, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Tell us, what is this all about? For we don't know. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism, Then said Paul, John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. We need that same Holy Ghost power. We need that same Holy Ghost conviction. We need the wisdom that comes from the Holy Ghost. We need discernment. We need that peace and that clarity of mind. We need it to be sealed for the day of redemption. Ephesians 1, 13, In whom also... Trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 4 and 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. I don't know about you, but I need that power daily. I need that conviction daily. I need more of God and the power of his presence. I need that promise. I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost in order to navigate this life and stay on the straight and narrow path. And let's all stand. In my prayer for this body is that we continue to pursue Jesus and his presence, yes. that we would desire more of him and his Holy Spirit, yes. that we would follow his words and embrace the keys to the kingdom of heaven so that we would be sealed for the day of redemption, that we would embrace the truth that is laid out in his word and in the book of Acts so that we would know the way more perfectly and live this life with the promise and in the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, Lord, we worship you, Lord. Lord, and I pray for this body of believers that we would be just as those first believers on the day of Pentecost. And with one accord. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com Thank you for being a part